<laughs> we work so hard to get stronger, happier, more productive and successful. Don't forget the secret ingredient. Get grounded in play. Play grounding when it's time to get a life. Hello and welcome back to Playgrounding. I am your host, Kara Stewart-Fortier, and I'm coming to you from the Kara Cake Grotto here at the Brewery Artist Complex here in LA. Yes, we named our new space. Um, I'm Kara, if you hadn't noticed. My husband's nickname, his name is Justin. His nickname is Cupcake. So people always call us Kara Cake, so hence Kara Cake. And it's a grotto because we're going to decorate each room like our favorite places to camp. So... The living room will be a desert, the bedroom will be treetops in a forest, the kitchen will be a dark cave-like grotto. We'll, we'll, yeah, when we're done with it, it will. Right now it's just filled with boxes, but later on when we actually get started creating the grotto, I will put up pics. I'm just so excited. So this episode today is definitely something different. I've never done anything like this before. I'm a little nervous about it. Um, we're doing a series. It's basically called, Can Fitness Really Be Fun? Um, can it? That's kind of, honestly, I know we say it, and yay, fitness is great. No, 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 no. Fitness is not fun for a lot of people. Um, for most of my life, I would have definitely answered no way to that question. Um, and I'm still not quite ready to say that it is um, but I think it can be, and you'll hear that some, some of my own feelings on this topic in just a moment. In this episode, first I'm going to take a little time to set up the question and explain why it's important to me. Because um, I just kind of want to like give you a justification for why I want to launch a whole series on this. Um, and then I'm going to share a conversation with you, a conversation I had with my new friend Brian Bristol. He's a small business owner. He's worked in the area of outdoor sports for over a decade, and he wants to do something new. He wants to create a, a fitness experience um, that's different and fun. It's called Firefly. And we'll open up this question, can fitness really be fun? So we can start collecting real-world ideas, really practical ideas from you, from you, listeners. You are what we are after. We're after your ideas. We want to rethink play. And he's tossing around ideas about alternative indoor playgrounds for kids and adults, both, um, that are accompanied by movement-based activities and programs so that youth and adults can experience play in a way that is healthy, productive, and fun. <laughs> I still, I don't know. I'm making the case for myself. It's not, it doesn't compute quite yet, but I think it can or I wouldn't be doing this. So you'll be hearing more from Brian in the future, as in addition to this episode, as we solicit your ideas. And we're also going to be inviting Brian to help me interview some other fitness and play experts as we go through the series. And we're gonna, what we really want to do is find out what's already being done, like how play figures into fitness. But first, before I share that conversation, let me share a little background about why I believe this topic is so incredibly important and why I think that those of us who are passionate about play need to keep working hard to answer this question. Can fitness really be fun? Really? Fitness is a hard subject. It's 
it's really huge. I mean, we've all heard the stats on how pervasive the diet and exercise industry is just in the U.S. alone. And there are so many things you can say about the fitness world and, and people argue all the time about what works best. I mean, it used to be all about cardio and low fat to lose weight. Now it's hit training and strength training and now we all know to watch sugar and try to get the right number of steps in every day and all of that. Um, ideas and about fitness are all over the place. It's an industry that meddles and stirs up feelings of inadequacy. That's how you, how some trainers sell their sessions. Um, it's how people sell pills and powders. Um, they really want to, to really stir up these base things that are pervasive mental illnesses in our culture. Um, body dysmorphia, eating disorders. I mean, some of us love and are obsessed with keeping our bodies a certain way. Um, and some of us deeply hate our bodies and feel incredibly guilty. And I'm going to go ahead and cop to the second description there. That's me. Um, 15 years ago, I was a gym rat and I was a yoga goddess. I mean, I had it all going for me. I was going to be a teacher. And then I got a job that had me working 60 plus hours a week because, you know, you got to prove you're a hard worker and stay till, never mind. Um, but yoga and the gym just started fading into the rear view and it's, it's been pretty bad. I, it took until I got a little older, a few years I got to skate by, but then the consequences started setting in and the weight has accumulated slowly but surely, um, pretty regularly. And one day I realized I had three sizes worth of clothes in my closet and I had a newfound hatred of mirrors and cameras. And at a certain point, I just started to feel hopeless. Um, I reached that point. The thought of setting foot in a gym gives me ridiculous amounts of anxiety. <laughs> but as I mentioned in other episodes, I'm just determined. I'm determined to stop letting anxiety call the shots and determine what I will or won't do. And play has had a huge, huge role in that. So I'm ready to begin facing this issue and biting the bullet. But this biting the bullet thing, this is actually what I want to explore. Why is getting our exercise biting the bullet for so many of us? Why is it that kind of experience? I mean, biting the bullet, it's a phrase that means we're about to do something incredibly painful, like getting surgery without anesthesia, like one of those horrifying Civil War movies they made us watch in school where the guy's getting his leg amputated on the battlefield and he bite bullets. I don't know, you bite sticks, whatever. I think that's where that phrase comes from. And that's painful. That is painful. Is exercise really that painful so that so many of us will avoid it at all costs, even when avoiding it means extremely lowered quality of life as we get older? and stiffer and sicker. And the consequences are going to be worse and worse for me for every year that I let go, um, that I don't get back into movement and, you know, get back into quote unquote shape, whatever that means. Um, the pain and anxiety associated with exercise does feel like biting a bullet. It feels very painful for so many. It's very real. It's not like getting a limb chopped off real, but it's painful anxiety and security and shame. Um, just even the phrase, I, I've let myself go. It's such a horrifying thing to say, but it's true. And it, all it does is seek to make me feel worse. Um, but I keep coming back to play. Um, I keep exploring children at play, especially after the play conference that I attended a few months ago. 
Um, I've learned that whatever's true for play for children is also true for adults. And what, what do you usually think of when it comes to play, when it comes to children? Kids go out for recess, right? Or they go to the park. And I've heard parents and teachers say how play helps them use up that energy. And that's usually because play for children means they're running around, riding bikes, playgrounding, you know, doing stuff, you know, it's, it's almost all about movement, monkey bars, swings, organized games, all that stuff. But somehow for grown-ups, physical activity is about measured movements. And the only meaning to these movements is utilitarian. It's, it's work. Some movements help us gain greater flexibility. So we do those movements. Um, we have some things we do to, to increase our stamina. We run or some to increase our strength. We do strength training and it's all very measured. It's all very purposeful um, and not really very fun. Sorry, people who are huge gym rats. It's, it's repetition. So they say that word for a reason. Repetition. I'm sorry, but it's not fun. <laughs> so, but, and also sometimes adults join sports teams like my friends in the roller derby, but as much as that's an incredibly inclusive sport at its core, it's a competitive sport and teams are in it to win, you know, which is totally great. But for those of us who struggle with the pain of just getting started, we count ourselves out before we even begin with things like that. So I've been thinking about this problem for a while now and haven't been sure if there could ever be an answer. Can adults experience the joy of running out onto a playground the way a child does? Of swinging and climbing and sliding and, and moving just for the pure joy of it? I can't even fathom that. I really can't. And can it ever again be anything like it was for us as children? Or is this an exception to the rule? Is this the one area where what's true for kids and play is not true for adults? That's what I want to know. Are we forever trapped now um, because we're grownups by the stiffness and aches and pains? Um, is it too late to experience that kind of joy in our physical bodies? Or is the only real physical release we're going to get destined to come from a bottle or a pill or otherwise? And lucky for me, when I ask these kinds of questions, I have a bunch of new friends to ask. I have an ever-widening circle of people with a variety of opinions on this topic, and I want to try to get as many of them on this podcast as possible to talk with myself and with Brian. Um, a while back, we heard from Pat Rumba, and she talked about the importance of free play for children. And I started thinking about that with, with adults, like what does that look like? And on this episode, I'm going to introduce you now to another gentleman I met at the play conference. His name is Brian Bristol, as I mentioned, and Brian has been working and in the outdoor industry for over 10 years. He's owned businesses. He's operated a brick and mortar cycling shop. He's managed local cycling clubs. He owns and directs off-road triathlons, and he's pioneered multiple small and large-scale trail development and bike park projects. But now he wants to do something different, and I would like to be a part of this exploration. We want to tap into the brilliant minds, the brain trust of the playgrounding listeners, and I want to start exploring how we can develop a play experience that welcomes both adults and kids alike to a free play, non-competitive playground that both challenges our bodies, but also frees up our minds and brings us joy. <laughs> this doesn't sound like any gym I've ever been to, but if you have, and if you know of something like that, 
I want to hear about it. So um, go to playgrounding.com slash firefly and you'll hear this um, again at the end of the episode. And that's where I want you to type in your message to me. Tell me what you've heard. Tell me what you know um, so that we can bring you on the show or even just like give us a a referral to somebody who does something like this. So um, Brian and I want to know. We want to we want you to participate in helping us on this exploration. And in Brian's own words, he said, as a parent of three amazing boys, I'm drawn to their youth, their instinctive nature to play. They love an open space and love to challenge themselves. Watching them grow as they learn new things through play is exciting and soulful. Play is essential for youth development, and I'm convinced it is missing more often than not in adults. And I think Brian is absolutely right And I'm really excited to see where his idea goes and how we can collaborate and brainstorm um, a solution to it together so he can open up a gym that might become a model for other gyms in other cities around the country and the world. So I jumped into this conversation with Brian. I'm just going to jump us right into a moment where we're, it's not a regular interview. This is a phone call that we had that we recorded of just us tossing around some ideas. I'm going to jump in right when we were talking about having just attended the U.S. Play Coalition's conference on the um, importance of play. And that's where we are when we get started. Here you go. One of the... So the thing that I got coming off of the conference with you, like, cause we, you told me about your idea before and the way that you presented it, I thought it was already fully fleshed out. I thought you were like, this is done. This is what I want to do. And then I realized, okay, this is one of those situations where if this business model was going to be really profitable, maybe it would be out there right now and we haven't found it yet. And that sure. could mean one of two things, either it's, a really great idea that nobody has thought of yet, or it's, you know, something that people have tried that didn't work. And the thing is, we don't know yet. Usually the answer is it's not viable, but I don't think so in this case. And I, I want to make a case that this is something we need to be talking about. What do you think as far as like, how did you feel coming off of the conference? Did you feel more encouraged? I felt encouraged in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I loved about the conference is the, the diversity of people that were there. Mm-hmm. You had educators there, you had landscape architects, you had, uh, you know, building architects, yeah. you had fitness type people, um, you had podcasters. Um, <laughs> so you so you had all these different uh, um, people involved in play, mm-hmm. and it made me think more about this concept. Yeah. From my, um, I don't want to say like a. a like what should it physically look like on the inside and what um, experience do I want people to come away with? Yeah. And so I felt like the, the conference kind of gave me some, uh, I don't know, some inside information to that. Mm -hmm. Um, But now what I want to be able to do is find a way to reach out to people and see what would they gravitate to mm-hmm. and what kind of experience are they looking for? Because I really am trying to, to um, uh, serve a segment of the population that I feel like is just not being served right now. I totally I, agree with you on that. I totally agree. So yeah, I, I want to be able to connect up with them mm-hmm. and I'm not entirely sure how to do that. It's just, uh, 
in my current situation, I just don't have the the ability to kind of get out there and network like I once did. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's start at the beginning, like because this is actually a part of it that I didn't hear until the very end. We were getting ready to leave. Was the opportunity sure. that's sitting in front of you right now? Um, and you could put and you could do anything with it, but what you want to do is a little complicated. But can you kind of explain the building and the opportunity and what you're looking at um, right now as far as what you could do? Yeah, I've looked at a lot of different play-based kind of uh, businesses that are out there. Mm-hmm. One that's really kind of interesting is um, it's a it's an indoor mountain bike park, and there's mm-hmm. one in Ohio and one in Wisconsin. And I only bring that up because the the space within it, mm-hmm. um, it's let's say it's a hundred thousand square feet, mm-hmm. and they've built these obstacles, if you will, and tracks and so on and so forth for you to you know, ride your mountain bike on all throughout the year. Yeah. Um, so the, the opportunity, I guess, that I'm looking at for uh, Rethink Play and Firefly is mm-hmm. to take maybe not 100,000 square feet, mm-hmm. but take maybe 10,000 to 15,000 square feet and create like this indoor playground for youth and adults. Yeah. But what does that, play, what does that play, playground look like? Mm-hmm. I don't want it to turn into um, what already exists out there yes. and what i love about some of the the people on your podcasts um when you reach kind of back into your childhood mm-hmm. it seems as if people have their own idea of what play was for them yeah and often i keep hearing like this resounding like unstructured play um time that that just has gone away mm-hmm. and so i'm like okay this is something that um, you know, as adults, at this point in our lives, we just don't have it anymore because we're adults. But we're also seeing that our kids are that our kids don't have it either. No. So that's that's kind of like a, a void that I would like to fill yeah. with this space. And so, what does that inside look like? And so, talking to some of the building architects and some of the landscape architects, they all had these these reasons for doing what they did mm-hmm. around around play and i really just didn't have mine was more fitness oriented mm-hmm. initially um and i do want it to be movement based and fitness based mm-hmm. um or infused i should say and it would be play based but what does that what does that look like and so now i'm thinking of things like you know f- from a climbing perspective well maybe it's not just a climbing wall maybe it's a you know, some artificial type tree, you know, that yeah. people climb and it's, so it's visually appealing, right. Mm-hmm. To, to the people that are kind of looking back to their youth and then also, you know, looking at their kids and saying, you know, Hey, what would, what would my kids like, mm-hmm. you know, inside this, inside this space? And, you know, um, that's another thing I wanted to bring up right now too, is that the whole idea of purposelessness and and free play and i feel like the whole wall that i keep hitting when i even try to have a conversation about play and fitness is that there's always some kind of a weight loss goal in mind or there's you know that it's hard to break out of that mindset of these kinds of goals and things and the gym is just this place where i feel like there are a bunch of measuring machines that make me feel bad how much weight can you lift how many you know how long can you go on this machine you keep up with this class um, and then you get to the end and it's supposed to make you feel good. But a lot of times it's just, 
I feel so scared of it that I don't even bother to go. But what you're trying to say reminds me of something Pat Rumbaugh said a few weeks ago on the podcast where she's like, there's a difference between a child out riding their bike because they want to, you know, get exercise and a child going, let's ride bikes and just getting out there and just riding their bike to their friend's house or riding their bike to see the frog by the creek. I don't know. But there's a purposelessness about free play um, that then turns into something. So I can imagine what you're trying to build. And I I don't know if it's out there. We want to find out. But I really think this is a great idea, a really great idea, because part of the problem with free play is, is supervision, is leaving, letting kids be or letting us adults be as well. But also if it's inside of a, of a place like what you're trying to describe, I think it would be a parent's dream and mine. But <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, what I keep hearing is that um, – the space like you're talking about is continually is being taken away by development. Mm -hmm, So, so the free space that we once enjoyed as kids and the space that doesn't exist today Mm -hmm. for our kids um, has to unfortunately be created in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know, with that being said, I guess I, that's what I'm trying to build is this, is this space that, that just unfortunately doesn't exist. Um, as much as we would like it to mm-hmm. in this day and age for people to, for ad- youth and adults to both enjoy this. Th- another term that I learned, you know, at the, at the play conference on structured play. Yes. So, so what I would like to do, th- there was other things that I learned there too, as far as, you know, the different kind of uh, play movements that people were, I guess, promoting, you know, mm-hmm. one was the prime, one was primal play. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Caitlin and, oh, yeah. um, and parkour. Um, there wasn't necessarily any MoveNet uh, people there, but MoveNet is another one. Mm-hmm. And um, and then yoga is just a really great uh, movement-based, you know, exercise program, if you will, that teaches you balance and a, a bunch of other things. But the whole idea is give people like these foundational classes mm-hmm. in these disciplines that I just mentioned. Yeah. And then un- then unleash them. Yes. And and go. Because there is still an element of learning that goes along with all of this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's just like anything for me. Like once you learn the basics of something, Mm -hmm. then you as an individual that has an interest can then take it to that that next level for you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be some scripted thing like, oh, I'm going to try to reach this this next level based off of someone else's script. It's your own script. Kind of like art. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, you know, creativity and problem solving are like one of the huge benefits of like play, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I really want this space to be able to allow people to experience that that creativity, the, you know, the problem solving, the emotional outlet, mm-hmm. the, the self-expression oh, that, yeah. um, that is just kind of missing from all these other, you know, fitness oriented kind of um programs, I guess, you know. I guess I kind of thought that, I mean, I had an acting background from a million years ago. Um, I I kind of have always thought that there were only two ways to look at it. You're either moving for fitness or you're moving for creative, like theater stuff, you know, (laughs) and those, and those are two very viable kinds of things. What you're really aiming for is somewhere in between all of that. And with one thing that I think I want to bring up here because it was a huge – when I first got you on the phone and I really want to – 
go into your background here a little bit too, just to see what motivates you for this. But one of the things I want to bring up now, if, as you say that, is um, non-competitive aspect of this, of what you're going for, that that's a key, key um, thing with what you want to create. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I have um, admiration for competitive individuals and those that promote um, competitive sports and play and so on and so forth. I just, again, think that there's a segment of the population, me being <laughs> part of that population. Me that, too that um that competition is unfortunately like a a barrier mm -hmm. and i want to be able to cr create something that takes away that barrier mm -hmm. um and the one discipline that comes to mind and if we get a chance to talk to caitlin mm -hmm. um, she can really uh talk about um parkour as being this non-competitive kind of discipline mm -hmm. that allows, you know, for you to be like uh, your own individual and creatively, you know, take the basic movements and create your own path, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, to get back to your point, I just want, again, to be able to get people in the door that might just not enjoy that competitive side of things that that it seems like every other physical activity that I see, mm -hmm. that's what it turns into. Yeah. So I did, I did have, I did have a mountain bike shop. It was a bike shop mm -hmm. and all of my customers, you know, that really enjoyed the sport. Um, what I often saw was that they wanted to take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. That next level always seemed as if it was competition mm -hmm. and time and time, time and time again, I saw them go out to, you know, a race or event or whatnot, and they just got burnt out. Mm -hmm. And the end, the end result was they didn't, they didn't do the sport anymore. Yeah. And what I, when I look back at it now, I wish that I could have articulated in such a way that, you know, the next level is play. Yeah. It doesn't have to be go get the plastic trophy. I don't, mm -hmm. I mean, and I don't mean that. No, I know what you mean. No. I just, but I see that all too often, like, people are chasing after this thing. And I'm mm -hmm. like, well, I don't get it. <laughs> well, you know, I just yesterday, I watched a TEDx or TED talk from um, Gwen Gordon, someone I would love to have on the podcast someday. Um, and she's a play advocate and a play coach. Mm. And I love the phrase that she used that kind of describes what you're saying. It's the, her playground became her proving ground. Um, you know, when it comes to something that she found great joy in, and then suddenly now you have to go show that you're the best at it. Um, I know like I was an ice skater as it, when I was in junior high and I was pretty good up till a certain point. And then I wasn't allowed to just skate with my friends anymore. My coach would see me on the sidelines with a bag of popcorn and I'd get yelled at. And I stopped because I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm a little bullheaded. But I was like, no, I was doing this because I loved it. And now I absolutely hate it. So, you know, nobody's paying me to do this. So I just quit. And I know there are some kids that wouldn't have done that, but I sure. lost probably the only physical activity I had as a child that I enjoyed. I was a musician and then I went to become a couch potato, <laughs> a couch potato who reads lots of books, but my body kind of exited the program after that. Um, so yeah, this is hugely important for so many of us, which is why I was so fascinated when I, when we, when I saw Firefly when I saw the website, I was kind of like, what is that? It looks really exciting. <laughs> um, yeah. And you have a potential building and everything too, correct? 
Well, I had potential buildings in Winston Salem, mm-hmm. um, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Now we have my family and I have recently moved to Columbia. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, that search is kind of uh, I have to resurrect that search. Ah. Um, we yeah we just got here in November, trying to get settled in, mm-hmm. and now it's um, the the great thing about it is uh, Columbia is a big city. And there's not even like a climbing gym here. Mm-hmm. And cl- climbing is one of those, I think, natural um, uh, opportunities for Rethink Play and Firefly to, mm-hmm. to, to be part of. So I'm excited about the opportunity here in Columbia. Yeah. There's also like a, a pretty significant like military um, presence here. Mm-hmm. And somehow, some way, I feel like I can draw from all of their, I don't know, just their active lifestyle and their mm-hmm. knowledge and just the need to uh, escape the, uh, the craziness of their, of their lives and maybe, mm-hmm. you know, bring their family and friends to a, to a facility like I'm trying to create. So. Mm-hmm. And um, so basically what we're doing is we're asking a question like this isn't a normal podcast episode. Um, yeah, I know. This is a, you know, usually you you get you know, hi, this is this is so and so, and here's the breadth of my work, and here's my my message, and but what we're doing here is what I think Brian has is an idea that is really really worth fleshing out, and if it hasn't been fleshed out already, then I want to engage the play community to help us flesh this out and maybe help him get this business started. I know, you know, it's a seed of an idea. Maybe there is something out there similar. We want to crowdsource ideas. We want to hear what other people are doing in different parts of the world. I know um, we've already got a, you know, a list of, of things that different people are doing. We've got some things, nothing quite hits it on the mark. I think what we really want to do here is go, okay, we want to create a free play space where children, youth and adults can play together and, and that being a, a something we haven't actually touched on yet, but that's kind of an important thing because usually like if it's youth sports, the parents sit on the sidelines and do nothing. Or if it's a place mm-hmm. for adults to exercise or be physically active, children are not welcome or they're put into a nursery type situation. Is that correct? No, it's absolutely correct. That's a huge driver for this whole thing. I mean, okay. I've got kids myself, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. It's, instead of playing on the sideline or yeah. Sitting on sitting on the sidelines, I'd rather be active either with them mm-hmm. or maybe you know separately. But uh... and the great thing about this idea is, is as we learn at the play conference, children in in inner cities or you know different parts of very urban areas don't have a lot of open free space. So if there were programs like this, if there were air, like buildings like if you can take like a office building <laughs> and turn yeah. a, you know some square footage into something like what you're creating, I really think it's something that could be really viable and really great, but who am I? Um, We want to ask the experts. So Brian and I are going to be asking and collecting ideas from our friends we met at the play conference, um, getting it into the play community, getting into the fitness community, because I can't, I mean, I imagine there are people who aren't dedicated to the concept of play who think these things all the time. This is not, this is not just one person out there trying to solve this problem. I think your way of solving it is going to be unique and amazing. And I really want to see a lot of um, momentum up around it. So um, 
what what if what would you ask like what would your main ask like so we're looking for ideas for a free play indoor space where adults and youth can have fun together safely and um in a non-competitive manner is there anything else you want to add to that for um for our brainstorm I guess just to lay the foundation mm-hmm. to just go back to those disciplines that I talked about. Yeah. Like if you, if you could look at move nat, which is move naturally, mm-hmm. look at parkour, look at primal play. Mm-hmm. Most people understand like what yoga is, but if you were to take something like parkour and move nat um, and primal play and just kind of dive into it a little bit, most of that stuff is kind of done outdoors. Well, what would it look like? indoors if you had you know this space that you could um you know have this unstructured playtime mm-hmm. with these with these with the foundation of these disciplines kind of under your belt yeah so and why would you just out of curiosity you, you talked about your bike your mountain biking shop but you also have a background in nature play like you were um and, and what you're talking about is indoor so as someone can you tell just a little bit about your you know, working with in parks and that kind of thing? Yeah, so I have worked with um, various different uh, land managers to help uh, create mountain bike trails. That was most of it. Yeah. It was either bike, bike parks or mountain bike trails. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason I guess I want to take it indoors is one, to make it all year round. Yeah. Um, and then two is that um, outdoors is just... Uh, how do I explain it? Um, well, I mean, it's just, just not climate controlled, if you will. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it becomes that much more, I think, controlled if it's indoors. Yeah. So, and um, it's repl- replicable, if I can say the word, replicable <laughs> in other yeah. locations and even in areas that maybe don't have parks or pretty spaces outside. Yeah. You can provide the experience of free play without having to rely on there being an open space like that, which I think is really brilliant. Um, cool. Well, I think we have our work cut out for us. Yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> and I really, I, I really appreciate you just, you know, asking the questions and trying to put the concept out there. And I guess what I'm looking for and what the ask is, is at the end of the day, you know, with the foundation set, if you just take a look at the Firefly mm-hmm. um, website, which is actually called Rethink Play, the mm-hmm. whole idea is to not look at play as some frivolous thing, but look yeah. at it as a, a component to the your wellness lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I go on and on about this stuff, and I know, you know, we got to end this, but okay. everything has evolved in such a weird way that I feel like, you know, this, this unstructured play and play, this, this component of the wellness wheel mm-hmm. has, has just kind of disappeared. And what I mean by that is, and you've, you've experienced it, the corporate world where you're mm-hmm. just stuck in a box, right? Mm-hmm. And you're stuck there for eight, 10 hours a day, whatever it is, mm-hmm. working your tail off, but you're sedentary and you're looking at these screens and you're just like, why am I here? Yep. Not everyone's like that, but I would say there's, there's a lot of people that are out there like that. Yeah, absolutely. And they need, they need the opportunity to unleash. And it doesn't have to be go home and drink a six-pack of beer or a bottle of wine. wine. <laughs> Not that you, I ever, you know ever do that. Sorry. No. Yeah. no, I mean, there's, there's, I don't have anything wrong with, 
I don't see anything wrong with having a beer or anything. But what I'm saying is when when that becomes the go-to, then there's a problem. Well, and it's so easy. It's just so easy. Netflix, chill, bottle of something from Trader Joe's till you get too tired. (laughs) Maybe answer some more emails before bed and then do it all over again. But you ultimately pay the price. Oh, yeah. And so – and and what's her – I can't remember her name, the, the play lady. Pat? But, um, yeah, she rattled off these things like, <laughs> you know, ADHD and depression mm-hmm. and anxiety. And it's like those are very real things. Very. And it's and, getting worse and worse. Yeah. And it's the the way our society is just kind of moving. If we, if we take away this stuff from our kids, mm-hmm. well, they're going to have – ADHD. They're going to have depression and anxiety. If we if we don't create it for mm-hmm. for the adults, well, they're all going to be on Prozac and pretty much whatever else is out there. Yeah, so, no, it's totally uh, true. Anyway, no, no, no. That's that's really it's really important. And I, yeah, I'm I'm actually in my own, and I've t- I've struggled with whether or not to kind of share this through this. Is that I. I try not to get I, – I definitely get personal on the podcast, but, like, this right yeah. here is probably, like, the most personal thing for me. And the thing that I'm trying to fix the hardest, and that is mm-hmm. that as I got older – I mean, I was really active when I was in my probably, like, late 20s, early 30s. And I was yeah. in grad school. I worked at a yoga studio in the evenings, and I would work there for free for unlimited yoga and do the closing class every night after I watched the desk for the whole night and closed the doors. Like, I was well on my way to, like, becoming a yoga teacher. I was in ridiculously good shape. And then I got my first job um, in corporate America right before the recession hit. And I worked for a tech distributor. So it was the kind of industry that got hit really hard during this time. And they were cutting back before anyone even knew to cut back. And I was this very intense worker bee. And I cared very much about doing a good job and making everybody, you know, want to keep me. And they did. I never got laid off, but I kept absorbing other people's jobs as they would get laid off. So after I had probably about the equivalent of three jobs – um, they announced another cut, and I marched into my boss's office. I've got to quit. And she's like, oh, well, well, no, you're not going to be one of the ones being laid off. I'm like, I know. I can't do this anymore. I was leaving at nine-ish at night every night, um, mm-hmm. and I just – I completely lost fitness, and I never got it back, and that was a decade – over a decade ago. And now I am – oh, my goodness, how many more pounds of me exist right now than ever have, and – and the momentum is gone to to start over again. Um, I just, yeah. I don't even, well, I, it's when you're older, you know, it's like I'm in my 40s now. It's like, oh, good grief, I have to start over. So this is something I'm looking for. I hate the competitive nature of the gym. I love what you're talking about. I think I could actually get into it. Yeah. But, no, yeah. I, I agree. And just, I totally understand. Like, I mean, I'm 45 now and I'm like, things just move slower. And yeah. I'm, I, I I don't want to subscribe to the I'm getting old thing uh-uh, uh-uh. because because 40s is really not that old no. but but at the end of the day yeah there's there's more responsibilities the drive isn't as I don't know I don't have it as much as when I was in my 20s or maybe mm-hmm. even my 30s and um, and so maybe you don't need fitness maybe you need play yes I think that's it. <laughs> What do, you, what do you think about this one last concept? I kind of put it out there on my website that I 
was kind of envisioning this whole thing to be um, like an open source concept. And what I mean by that is that I'm really not worried about competition at this point. Yeah. Just, for whatever reason, I'm not. I'm like, yeah. if this thing takes off, mm-hmm. I'm willing to just what, whatever I create mm-hmm. to get this thing going, I'm willing to give it to the next person. Yeah. Kind of like pay it forward, if you will. Yeah. For for free. So business plans, marketing material, connections, whatever it is. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. But I'm well, just what if, to... Yes. What if there's somebody else out there who has a similar idea and they're sitting there feeling alone right now too, and they're in a different city in their town. And now exactly. you guys can all put your heads together. Um, yeah, I mean, no, this is great. I, yeah, there's a lot that goes goes into actually making something happen, mm-hmm. and um, and those things can those those things can be shared. It's just it's like a mm-hmm. it's like a franchise with no franchise fee. Exactly. You know, I, exactly. I got it going. So yeah, well, it's kind of like we were talking about. Um, you know, I I also kind of have. I think play has kind of become a very church-esque kind of experience for me because I once that once I didn't work in churches anymore and I didn't have that place where I could go release caring into the world if that makes any sense like it's you know people care as a profession pastors care as a profession they also do a lot of other things and it doesn't translate well out into the rest of society to to take one-to-one what a pastor does and you know um what anybody else really does but I but this this thing of play for me it's the same thing like I just want to get I I care so much I believe in the message so much I don't I want to I want to break down the barriers between people and play and yeah you know if I find a way to make a living out of it yay if I don't whatever I'm I'm really enjoying the process of being a part of a movement of people trying to remind the world that we need to to let go and enjoy life and i love the like when you talked about being on that on your on your bike and mm-hmm. i thought about my first burn a burning man my first year and i had not been on a bicycle in probably 15 plus years i got <laughs> on my bicycle for the first time at burning man and i rode across the open playa like it's literally like imagine a, a asphalt but instead it's like soft um alkaline dust yeah. but you're just riding this hard flat surface off into infinity and i don't remember the last time i had felt that kind of exhilaration and for yeah. no reason i just wanted to ride i wasn't going anywhere i just wanted to go and run and you know of course i found out that on my way back to camp there was a slight incline but that wasn't so much fun because i hadn't <laughs> ridden a bike in a long time <laughs> yeah. but you know it's just that feeling i got home from that first burn. And the reason I started this podcast was because I needed a fix. I wanted that mm-hmm. feeling back. And it wasn't about Burning Man. Oh, it was. Yes, I love Burning Man. But it, mm-hmm. it was, they were the ones who provided me that playground. And I just came home saying, I want to provide playgrounds too. I want to help people yeah. find playgrounds. Sorry, I'm like, like that's what not- I want to do. <laughs> Just not. I don't think in the traditional sense. Yeah, I think yeah. there's there's some like artistic, mm-hmm. creative. I don't know what you call it, but maybe yeah. it's the stuff that you see at Burning Man. You know, it's well, like no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happens there, but um, <laughs> I, I, I need to go. That's for oh, sure. Yeah. Definitely come if you ever want to. You know, you have a camp, but <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, that's, it's just this, what you were saying about wanting to just let it be a free idea and let's just spark ideas for people. If they have them, we'll be a support. And if, you know, somebody can be a support and they, you know, think this is a great idea, then I want to find ways to pull all of this stuff together and maybe create something. And based yeah. on the momentum of what we saw at the play conference, I think this is the kind of thing that people would get behind. And um, I want to, I want to, see if we can make that happen awesome well, okay. thank you thank you have a wonderful day you too i'll talk to you later okay, peace. Bye. thanks for joining brian and me for this episode of the playgrounding podcast do you have any ideas to share have you ever been to a gym like the one brian's describing if you have any feedback for us please go to playgrounding.com firefly and submit the form with your ideas and i'll get in touch we really want to hear from you 